0: Welcome to the Pharma Sales and Tech Podcast. Join Artem, Stefan, Ruslan, and Chris as we explore the latest trends and developments in the pharmaceutical industry with a focus on sales and technology. From cutting edge innovations to practical tips and strategies, our expert guests will provide valuable insights to help you stay ahead of the game. Tune in to stay informed, inspired, and connected with the world of pharma sales. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and here is me, Stefan, doing marketing still for Platforms. And we have the Sales and Tech Pharma podcast, where we talk about innovation and pharma and tech and many other things. Today, I have a wonderful guest all the way from India, Krishnandu, Paul. I think it's much better if krishnan will do his own intro and he'll tell us a little bit about himself and what does he do the stage is yours yeah good morning everyone
1: and first of all thank you for you know inviting me for this particular podcast i'm krishnan Paul. i work as a general manager sales and marketing for a mid-sized pharma company which belongs to india uh, it's known as fusion healthcare i take care of the sales and the marketing aspects of four divisions we operate mostly into the critical care space which is ideally the ICU related medication that we work on. And also we have recently ventured into the cardiac and the diabetic market in the in the domestic market. So that's a small brief about the professional part. And we have recently come up across some with some USFD approved plants to look into the export market, wherein the a lot of preference for Indian products for the export market. So in brief, that's my role in infusion.
0: Okay, cool. It's great to hear it. We all know that India is the pharmacy of the world. And, you know, there is a lot of pharma taking the big companies like Sun Pharma and the other smaller companies who produce generics. What would you say are the strength of the Indian market, like pharma market in domestic and international sort of markets? Yeah,
1: you know, if you look at the size of the Indian pharma market, the Indian pharma market roughly is around $42 billion market. But the major segments of the Indian pharmaceutical industry, they include the generic drugs, the OTC, the bulk drugs, the vaccines and everything. Now, India is one of the highest, biggest suppliers of low cost vaccines in the world. And it accounts to around 60 percent of the global vaccine production. I think that's a huge number which comes up. Contributing to around 70% of the you know, WHO demand for diphtheria, tetanus, and pertussis, which is commonly known as the DPT vaccine, as well as the BCG vaccines and 90% of WHO's recommendation of the measles vaccine. So when it comes to the low-cost vaccine manufacturing in India, India really scores over and that has always been its strength. And it occupies around 20% share in the global market in terms of volume. Roughly there are around 3,000 pharma companies in India with a strong network and more than 10,000 manufacturing facilities. I think the number in itself speaks volume, the huge number of manufacturing capabilities. Beside US, India is one country where there is the maximum number of US FDA-approved plants. And the number, once again, is very staggering at... 260 plus you know in markets or manufacturing facilities which are usfd approved which actually means that whenever across the world usfd accreditation has a huge acceptance hence the export part becomes easier that the product comes from very quality manufacturing sites hence not only U.S. But across the rest of the world, both in the developed countries as well as the underdeveloped countries, I think India is one of the source of you know, low cost and high quality generic medicines. So that is about that is one of the strengths of India. Beyond that, if you look into the API industry, which is once again the active pharmaceutical ingredient industry beyond China, India becomes very second in terms of manufacturing of the API's and contributes to roughly around 8% of the global API industry. Coming wow. to the HIV treatment, once again, when you look into the HIV treatment, India is a pioneer and probably today supplies the maximum to the world in terms of HIV medicines because they do come at a much, much lower cost when you, you know, compare it with other multinational companies, which were once the you know, originators of those products. But we have some strong companies who does that and probably they are the highest exporter of HIV medicines across the world. So these are the couple of strengths of Indian market in terms of its manufacturing facilities, in terms of its in production facilities in API segment, in the vaccine segment, in the low-cost injectable segment. Whenever it is for the generic branded market, probably India really gives a tough fight to the rest of the world just because of its sheer size and the quality of products that it manufactures. Interesting.
0: What would you say are the key strategies of the, like, if you have a top-tier comparison Of India on the domestic
1: market. If in the domestic front it is a very interesting market in the domestic front it is is a huge market I mean there as I mentioned that roughly around say 3,000 companies operating in India the market size is enormous and and the biggest company they only have 7% of the market so that is the sheer size of the market and it's highly competitive. It's highly competitive because we we operate in a very branded generic market. We have a concept called branded generics, which actually means that every company, say for a particular molecule of a product, every company has its own brand. So then you go out and fight out in the market. You use your marketing strategies for doctor engagements. And eventually, whenever the doctor prefers your product, you get your products inside the pharmacies. So the huge, you know, the competition is very high, very strong and very high and hence, like the some of the marketing strategies, which I would like to highlight, which the Indian companies ideally employ.
0: Let's go. Let's talk about the strategies. Let's jump into strategies. I'm really it curious down about Down to that. these
1: strategies, one of the biggest strategy that gets really work out is international speakers. We bring in international speakers who have really worked out with a particular molecule during its approval times. Hence, we bring them and who has done a lot of research work and then they listen from those doctors, right from the horse's mouth in terms of the process of getting approvals and how the particular product is used in the country. What is the indication and what are the advantages of using the product? So one of them is that we call as CME or the continuous medical education. Then the other strategies that comes up mostly in the Indian market is of innovation, innovation in terms of the product. Now when you are marketing in a segment where there is hardly any difference between the quality because everybody is getting a quality product. So the key areas comes across about the differentiation. That is where one company really makes a differentiation from the other company. And then they come up with differentiation in terms of drug delivery, novel drug delivery system. Somebody comes up with say nanotechnology where the absorptions are better. So within the given molecule, multiple companies have some kind of innovation from the other company, hence that works out. So it's basically a medical education, which is very important. It is the innovation in the product, which is one of the strategies that is being taken by most of the companies and doctor's meeting. And these are the key strategies because beyond that, not too much of strategy uh, that is being applied.
0: So, you know, like always sort of, when it comes to orphan drugs, you know, you always seek for support from the government, but not only orphan drugs. Like, what can the Indian government do more like, to support the Indian farm market?
1: This particular industry, they contribute roughly around 2% of our GDP, which is a huge number. So, though the government is definitely supporting us in terms of production-linked incentives, which they have really initiated a couple of years back, actually talks about a percentage like around 10 percent support on whatever you export so if a company exports one million dollar then he gets 10 percent of it as an incentive monetary incentive from the government. so that is one of the things that the government is presently doing but however i feel that there are a couple of other things which indian government can do or can and we require from the government is a lot of support in the research and development category in those facilities there has to be incentive there has to be some kind of subsidies because it's a very costly affair so a little bit of support in terms of r&d in streamlining the process of regulatory approvals in terms of clinical trials in terms of drug approvals that regulatory part i think has to be fast i mean it will save us some cost it will save us a lot of time so we need a little bit of you know speed in that particular department. and so these are the two couple of things that in terms of investing in research and development or subsidizing or supporting the pharmaceutical companies in doing so. You need to come up with some kind of you know streamlining the regulatory approvals. And even if the government do have a couple of R&D setups at their end. But however, I feel that they need to come down because they're totally dependent on the private sector in terms of R&D. If the government do support that R-India, the government sector also, probably that will really help us because with so many years of experience and such a rich talent pool, India has not been able to come up with some innovative drugs for which they could present to the world. So they had always been doing the reverse engineering and we are good at reverse engineering, but as far as innovation is concerned, I think a little bit of support from the government would really, you know, make a lot of people and more enthusiastic. And probably the results
0: would be better. What do you think was the, why do you think India is not that good at creating like new drugs and new APIs? So you mentioned that the Indian farm market is good at sort of leveraging what's out there, the active ingredients that are out there. Not really good at creating new active pharma ingredients. Why do you think that's the case?
1: I mean, the facilities, because it's all about the cost aspect, I guess, because the amount of, because any R&D setup or any research, you know, we see that if there are 20 compounds you start off with, eventually at the end of 10, 12 years, you finish up with only one compound, which eventually gets into the market and the success rate of any, any R&D is very less because uh, there are a lot of more failures into this. So actually it t- takes away a lot of cost, which is involved. Now considering India as a country which is not a very developed country, our economies are constrained, we have really budget constraints, so probably that particular cost nobody is putting across or it is becoming difficult for the Indian to really put across that amount of cost because clinical trials cost, you know, across the world if a clinical trial has to happen it makes a lot of, you know, it needs a lot of money. So probably that support we are expecting if the government comes down, I think it makes a lot of sense.
0: Yeah, I think R and D is the one of the say things that are very costly and global pharma pharma companies invest a lot and the problem is that it's not very ROI. well not always it's ROI efficient, you know. You we've seen how much time it took for the technology which we used for the corona disease, for the for for Corona to sort of like implement that. It like, you know, sh- was was developing the technology for for years like maybe for almost like 20 years all all her life right and nobody needed it and at at some point you know i hope you got you got covid coming here and then suddenly everyone needs her technology you know and yeah and i think this is the point of where like the points with science is that you you will invest and you you don't know if that's going to bring you results now 10 years later 20 years later or maybe not even in your lifetime you know so that's a very tricky moment and I think this is where you need government support is very important so I agree with you on this I know that look the Indian farmer market you mentioned I think 44 billion 44 billion dollars it's quite big can you explain like how has it because it's I assume it is very competitive can you explain how has it developed in the past 20 years the scenario and then uh, maybe we can dig into like some innovation that I really
1: started off, you know, it had been a pretty domestic market prior to 1991, I would rather say that was a pretty domestic market when and after 1991, one of the governments, which was at the helm of affairs, they took some really good steps Which they opened up the market. India was almost a closed economy before 1991. But after 1991, Indian economy opened up and we invited a lot of, you know, FDIs into all our segments. And there have been a huge amount of foreign direct investments in India. And now scenario is that there is an opportunity for 100% foreign direct investment in the pharmaceutical sector in India. So the moment that particular opening up of the economy happened, I think a lot of funds came out from outside. And India always had that talent pool. So the money was not there probably. So the moment the money came in, the initial seed funds, a lot of manufacturing units started opening up and india is a country of 140 you know we call it crores 1 1.4 billion people there and so your domestic market itself is so big that you can accommodate a huge number of huge number of companies so we started developing the apis we started developing all the you know ingredients the raw materials it started so that's how it's slowly started consolidating At the domestic level, India, as I mentioned, that at the domestic level, it's pretty competitive in terms of, you know, it's a dog in dog world, I would say. So every moment, the competition is there. In the last 20 years, if I have to just give you about the hyper-competition of Indian pharma market, in the last 20 years, and there is hardly any regulation. We are very soft in regulation in terms of new pharma company coming up. Anybody can actually come up with a pharma marketing company. Oh,
0: it's very liberal liberal. like
1: tomorrow if i wish to bring up a company i just need to take some licenses and there are some manufacturers i can you know procure products from them and then i have my own marketing team and i can go ahead and market in the industry and you'll eventually make out and all those companies the big companies in india actually shoot it off like that so it's pretty liberal in that case so it's like every year somewhere around our guess is around 200 companies they initiate their business happens Mm -hmm. is that since it is very hyper competitive in the last 20 years to break into the top 100 companies, pharmaceutical companies in India, out of so many companies, only six companies could, you know, make a breakthrough in the top 100, which actually Mm -hmm. found that it's not an easy zone to really, you know, get inside in the top level of the pharma companies. So that talks about the competition. It's hyper competitive. It's pretty price sensitive. India is a pretty price sensitive market because our healthcare is like it's out of pocket expense. It's not being taken care by the governments. Not too much to a certain extent, yes, but not to the full extent. And those facilities at the base level needs a much more infrastructural development, or else patients would love to go to some private sectors. Hence, you know, the money is important. So that is where um, Indian, you know, it is so competitive that it is difficult to break in into the top 100 of the pharma market.
0: Again, I guess it's very competitive. So you get a lot of competitive strategies. Like what are some maybe strategies you've seen Indian companies do to compete with each other and, you know, maybe innovate?
1: Yeah, you know, in product innovation is one of the very, very important tool which I see most Indian companies come across. We have a system of a lot of combination drugs. For example, if a patient is taking three pills in a day for managing his or her diabetes, then some company can come up, do a very small local study and... You know they can combine those three pills into one pill and then that particular product gets a thing these are not usfda approved combinations these are being approved by the indian authorities indian drug authorities based on some data which are small data but indian data so these are the innovations most indian companies continue to do so though they are not usfda approved But they do, you know, give a lot of relief to the patients.
0: Mm -hmm. That's correct. So you basically sort of like combine different, like maybe you said, you mentioned three drugs and then you get one. Again, in America, they're not approved. But as long as they, you know, help the world and they pass, I guess you still have some clinical trials in in India. You have,
1: right. We have to do some clinical trials. We have to submit these trials to the Indian government and the Department of Pharmaceuticals. The Department of Pharmaceutical will do a you know, case based peer review. They have their own way of analyzing those trials, figuring out the data. And if they are happy with it, if they think that the particular trial in India has met all the required, you know, criteria, then only they will give that approval for that particular drug.
0: Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Interesting. I didn't know about the fact that it's so sort of like there is freedom of you have like pharma startups and you basically you need a few licenses and you have a contract with the facilities and they can, you know, you can, they can sell your drugs. But how about marketing the drugs? How are drugs marketed? Can you we talk more about like how are drugs sell, sold and marketed? Can, you, can we talk more about?
1: Ideally, the process is that in India, it's a physical selling like we have a series of medical representatives. India has really not developed in terms of digital selling. Once again, badly, uh, to be very frank, I would say that it is about the culture. It's about culturally, we are not too much into digital. Like we do not value time that way, to be, you know, if I have to say a, a bit negative that way. So that digital marketing thing has really not uh, come up. What has come up is that we have a series of medical representatives and this medical representative, the doctors has a you know scheduled time period when they take a meet. So the appointment system is not there like the developed markets like the US or the UK, where the doctor gives an appointment to a medical representative and a medical representative comes down and meet him. But here the scenario is a bit difficult, different. A doctor has a set of timings every week when he takes the call of medical representatives. So everybody who is available there can go and promote his or her product to that particular doctor. And hence that's how the whole thing happens and then we have their line managers who direct them. It's more about operational efficiency that I would talk about. When I talk about how one company differs from other when you hardly have any difference in the products It is the managerial efficiency which differentiates one company from another company. How good one team or a set of line managers, they operate. How do they see at numbers? What are the metrics they have to really push to get the team successful? So the operational efficiency is something most companies invest on. So there's a lot of training going on. And most of the managers or the leaders in the pharma industry, they undergo what companies invest a lot in terms of analytics, how they understand data, what kind of you know insights they can draw out from the data. So that is something that makes one company better than other. So that's how the whole thing happens.
0: Interesting. So you mentioned that HCPs are usually visited by uh, like the Salesforce and you don't really have digital. How do you have any idea about how our kpi is tracked and how basically you know sales effectiveness sales force managers are trying to enforce become more efficient in their work do you have any
1: insight yeah definitely yes at the beginning of any financial year whenever the business is about to start a couple of months back there is always a brainstorming which happens when we decide on what are the parameters that an individual will be measured on so we figure out those parameters whether it is in terms of in clinic performance, in terms of his analysis, his insights, his drives. So these KPIs are like measured. These KPIs are first of all identified, these are being discussed with the team and eventually in some kind of reviews happen and a discussion happens to see how the progress is happening. So that's how we keep our team you know, updated and a lot of training happens from the trainers. There are in-house trainers then there are professional trainers who train most of the managers, the leaders, they keep on training them in terms of their analytical strengths, in terms of their communication, in terms of their understanding of the product and pitching the product, the end customer that is the doctor. So a lot of trainings are happening.
0: Gotcha. So you do a lot of training. For example, I'll tell you this, with our sales, Salesforce that we have here at at, uh, Platforms, We do hot chairs every now and then. What is, like, I'll tell the audience what is a hot chair. So basically, like, a person who is going to sell in the field, everyone, including me in marketing, we give them questions about what questions might appear during a sales call, a sales meeting with with an HTTP. And basically, everyone takes the, the place. Everyone who's in Salesforce takes the place, and we drop them questions. And this way, when that person answers, everyone else learns. So we have, like, group learning. And we've seen it being very, very helpful in training Salesforce, especially the ones who are meeting clients, you know, not only online, but physically, they are able to sort of like work with doubts, concerns, doctor concerns, and so on. It proved it very efficient. So that's my five cents here. So you mentioned that tech is not really used in pharma, like digital marketing aspect is not really used in the Indian pharma.
1: You in a very practical fr- yeah, okay. In a market where the ecosystem is not developed, you know, we can use any technology. Technology is in itself is like has to be used in tandem where the whole ecosystem understands that technology. So that's very important. As of now, I would rather say that India really needs to develop on that particular front. And probably in times to come, probably we will also become digitally much more aware, much more, you know, our marketing will be through digital
0: Gotcha. Yeah, I I think that's it. just coming from Next Farm Summit in Croatia. I think digital innovation is picking up with marketing and sales, but specifically marketing for pharma, and you know, COVID had a role in a big role in that. I still feel even after all the talks that we I've seen about omnichannel, multi-channel, that there are still there is still a lot to learn for pharma, a lot of lessons to learn, how to deliver the key the key messages correctly. What channels to use for that? How to create like well-designed journeys that you know that come back with some intent. And what an important point was that you don't like you rather have to be relevant than personalized, because personalization when you talk about we talk with HCPs is what you tell them hello this like first name, right? And first name is not a personalization anymore. You live in a world where relevancy, knowing what that specific doctor wants or is interested in topics and let's say a specific field like rheumatology for example so you speak with that doctor about rheumatology and specifically Mm -hmm. drugs or trends and that relevance is way more important actually than personalization Mm -hmm. nowadays so digital marketers and sales also in pharma has to take that into account that people want relevance and they want the right messages, the, the same way like I want to get in my news box, the right newsletter, which will give me interesting information. The same way I want HCPs to receive interesting information. And just last one last thought. We, like pharma, like when we send a newsletter to pharma, like, to HCPs, we do not compete with, technically we do not compete with other pharma companies. We compete with other entertainment sources, such as HBO, HBO Go, let's say Netflix, you know, movies and so on. So I think pharma should lean more into entertainment as well. Like you still, again, you have to be serious. But again, that serious has to be something scheduled as well. Because if the information is correct, but it's not delivered in the right way, then it's going to be lost and your HCPs will not learn anything. Cool. Do you want to comment? On yeah, that?
1: definitely. I think India definitely is picking up that particular in pace because we are now a lot of a lot of digital work is happening in certain spaces like there are companies who are like the netflix of pharma like in that particular app if you enter and then you have a series of you know medical knowledge being there the cmes are there there are a lot of you know talks of the doctors there so a particular doctor can just same like you know netflix they can just check in <coughs> sorry they can just check and then they figure out in their own sweet time as to what is the right information they are looking at. So this updated information of the world is now getting into some kind of app. So a lot of companies definitely has come up. But yes, once again, as I mentioned that, you know, another very interesting aspect of India is that why I guess that why the doctors, are, doctors are overworked because our ratio of the patient to the doctor is huge. I mean, one doctor ratio to the sheer population of 1.4 billion and the number of doctors that we have the ratio is huge that really does not you know give enough time for the doctors to really go through digital i guess but yes they are also picking up but as i mentioned companies are definitely investing into that kind of apps or that kind of resources they are developing resources that way wherein doctor in his own time whenever he's free he can log into that particular app and get the information what he is looking for But yet, at the same time, as you mentioned something about relevance and personalization, I would say India presently is a market which is more of a mix and match of relevance and personalization. It is not at all skewed to any particular thing. It is a mix of personalization. Indian by culture, we are like that. Because it is a particular strategy in a particular country works based on the culture of that country. So if you look at Indian culture, Indian people like to talk to other people. They are not loners, so they will always try to mix and match with people. So that's why they always asked us that, you know, we don't need digital CMEs. We require physical CMEs because that particular CME becomes a bit of personalization is happening and he meets his close friend over there also. So even if they have spoken over phone, they do want to have that, you know, feel of touch. So that's what I call that it is a bit of, you know, mix of personalization as well as relevance, but yes, definitely this type of uh, companies are coming up. One of the company I can name, my friend is there and he works on that is Medisage. It's really doing well. It is expanding mm-hmm. to multiple other countries also now, which is a good thing. And we do use their, I do have seen their services and I feel that these services are also good.
0: Okay, awesome. So I have the, my last question, which is how do you, everyone's talking about AI and ChatGPT. GPT, how do you see it being used in Indian pharma and Indian pharma companies?
1: In, in terms of those digital things, I definitely see, yes, there is a, you know, end of the day, a doctor would definitely look for relevance because that is his core area. He would definitely look for, look for updates, which are latest. So yeah, more and more, once we promote these things to the customers... Or the doctors they start looking at that they are as of now that is definitely an inertia but the inertia is really breaking and doctors are breaking becoming more digitally you know adept and that's why i think the future is bright and definitely the future will become much more better in the digital space
0: okay awesome krishnendu thank you so much for for the podcast it was a pleasure talking to you i've learned a lot about the the pharma market and um, well oh wait one thing sorry I've always forgot what is the one advice there is one piece of advice you would give to international pharma
1: to international pharma international pharma yes I mean the one thing that I can just talk about is that I believe in Indian quality I mean the quality is definitely good so the price is good because India is a very price competitive market so the economies of scale are very much skewed towards India uh, so the collaboration between India and other pharma company, I definitely tried to work with a Croatian company. So that collaboration has to happen fast. I think this is a very knowledge space. It is a very science space in science and knowledge. This has to be collaborated. It's sharing of knowledge and, you know, sharing of products, everything. If something is good in Hungary, it should come to India and it should come to India very easily. It should not have too many barriers that, you know, human beings they are devoid of that particular beauty of that product or if the product is so good that why should not india embrace it i think we need to break those jinxes and all the approvals they need to be fast. that is what i talked about that the regulatory approvals authorities should work very fast so that you know there is a very smooth exchange of ideas and products across the world okay awesome
0: awesome advice very sound advice Thank you very much, Kushnando. Thank you very much for being a podcast guest. Maybe we'll meet around along the line maybe a year from now and we'll have more insights about the Indian pharma.
1: Thank you so Thank much. Thank you, Stefan. It was a pleasure talking
0: to you. Have a nice day.